Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. Did you plant pumpkins this year? What about winter squashes? One of the questions I usually get around this time of year about pumpkins and other winter squashes is, how do I know when it's ready to pick? There's nothing worse than waiting all season long for that huge vine to flower and produce those beautiful fruit only to harvest it way too early because it looked ready or to leave it out there too long and the bugs or the ground rot gets to it. So today we're going to talk really quickly about the best time to harvest your winter squashes, including pumpkins, how to properly display them so they don't go bad so quickly, and how to store them long-term so you can enjoy them all winter. So let's talk about when to pick your pumpkin. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Really quickly, before we jump into this episode, I wanted to thank those of you who reached out to me about not being on social media much lately. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast, you know I've not been posting much lately, and a couple of you checked in just to check on me and make sure that I was okay, and I really sincerely appreciate that. I am totally fine. Thank you. Um, for those of you who Maybe new here, I may not know. My husband and I actually own and operate um, 40 acres of market gardens. Uh, well, it's not 40 acres of gardens, but we're on 40 acres and we run market gardens. And part of that is um, growing for the public. And we have a CSA program and we sell at farmers markets. And there are no kids left in the house anymore. Um, so it's just us and um, our soon to be daughter in law working part time with us out here. And so fall is really, really busy. We're trying to push. Um, to the end of the the summer produce and then uh, get into the fall and push through into the winter and it's it's stressful. It's also the time of year where we're super burnt out and honestly my brain right now is pretty much mush and uh, not being a millennial, I guess you couldn't guess that one, huh? Um, I am not, I guess sharing on social media is not second nature to me like it is to um, the younger generation. And so for me, it actually takes some forethought, especially when I start to feel like I'm going to post something and I go, oh, does anybody really care about that? Uh, I don't know. And then I just don't post it. So it, it takes some thought for me. So with my brain being mush the way that it is, I just haven't um, been posting very often. So I appreciate you guys checking in. And yeah, once things get a little bit more um, calm around here, I will absolutely be back out there. And I am still in the Facebook group as well. So I'm out there every day too. So if you want to jump in there um, and ask any questions, I'm absolutely in there and we'll answer those too. So Anyway, let's dig into those winter squashes, shall we? Um, if you go back to episode 34, which I will link to in the show notes, we talked all about the cultivation of winter squashes. Now, despite the name winter squash, they are a warm season annual vegetable. Um, you plant them generally around the same time that you're planting your summer squashes, and they are a vining type. They trail along the ground. Um, they can be trellised um, or trained to a trellis. Um, 
But generally speaking, if you don't do that, they're going to take up a lot of room. Um, there are a ton of different varieties to choose from. They're super fun because there are so many different types and sizes and variations. Our favorites out here to grow usually are butternut and spaghetti squash, acorn squash, um, delicata, and then all different types of pumpkins. Um, you've got your sugar pie pumpkins, Cinderella pumpkins, Jaredale, all the big carving pumpkins, all the little mini pumpkins. I think there's something like 500 different varieties just of Halloween type pumpkins. Um, and they all just fall into that category of winter squash. Um, and as the name implies, I will eat on a lot of these all winter long. Now, growing winter squashes and pumpkins is certainly a time and a space commitment. Unless you're growing the container varieties, most winter squashes take a minimum of 90 days to mature, and most of them can take up to 120 days or even 130 days for those really big carving pumpkins. And the vines will take over any space you put them in, and they'll, they'll grow as far out as 25 feet. So timing when to pick them is key for not only displaying them, but um, also for storing them for use later on in the winter. Picking them too early means they won't last as long, and picking them too late means that they're just going to end up mushy. So unlike summer squashes, like zucchini and yellow squash, um, which, I mean, those we harvest when they're tender, and they're technically still immature. With winter squash, you harvest them when they are fully mature. You want it to have a really good hard rind on it, and that makes it best for both storage and for display. But this is sort of a general guideline, though, because um, a lot of the time a squash may seem like its rind is nice and firm, but then when you pick it, the inside just doesn't seem done. It's not terrible in this instance, like with an acorn squash, because you've just picked it immature. I mean, that's how we pick summer squashes. But when you do that with winter squashes, they just don't get a chance to develop their flavor. So you're sort of left with this fibrous, bland specimen that needs loads of seasoning to really taste like anything. And if it's a pumpkin that you're wanting to use for decoration, it's not going to last very long on your porch if it's been picked immature. So as much as you want to pick them, you really want to try to wait as long as you can. So first things first, know what you're growing and know the approximate number of days to maturity for what you're growing. This is going to give you a good start. So let's say you know you planted your delicata squashes on May 15th and delicata squash is generally a 100-day maturity plant. So even if they look like they're ready around August 1st, they are likely not. I wouldn't even think about picking those until like the end of August, well after that 100-day mark. So when you're planting or when you're starting your seeds, save those seed packets or make sure that you're making notations in your garden journal or something so that you know each one of these varieties and the approximate amount of time it's going to take for them to get to maturity. And that way, you're not picking them way too early. Um, a good general rule of thumb is to let the vine leaves die back and start to turn brown and then wait until the stem of the fruit um, really dries out and gets tough. 
And then you kind of look at the rind and see what color it is and make sure that it's really deep in color and that it's got, you know, solid color to it. It's not sort of pale. Pale coloring generally indicates an immature fruit. Again, it's often a, a good idea to keep a picture handy of what your squash or your pumpkin is supposed to look like. So, and sometimes this is difficult too, because, you know, if you're growing a carnival squash, well, a carnival squash are all kinds of mixed colors. They're not just the solid green like a regular acorn squash is. So you have to sort of look at the picture and go, all right, are the colors bright? Are they vibrant? If they're pale, it likely is not ready to pick yet. Same thing, you know, with uh, with like a, a pumpkin, like if it's gone from its early green or yellow stages and developed color fully, like what the picture on the seed packet looks like, then, you know, you're getting pretty close. If it's a pumpkin, it should be fully colored. So if it's supposed to be like an orange pumpkin, you don't want to pick it when there's still a whole bunch of green on it. I mean, sometimes you do, like if you, we have done that before where we've picked green pumpkins specifically for display, not for carving and allowed them to sit out. And there are some pumpkins that are supposed to be green. So uh, how do you tell? Well, you can also knock on the bigger pumpkin specimens. And if it sounds hollow and that's, that, that rind is firm, then it's probably just about ready. If you can pierce the skin of the fruit, if you can pierce it really easily with your fingernail, then it's likely not mature yet. That rind is not hardened off. So especially in the case of pumpkins, leave them on the vine as long as possible. Unlike fruits like tomatoes or pears, they're not going to continue to ripen once you pull them. So once you pull a pumpkin or once you pull a winter squash, that's it. That's what you get. So if you can wait until those leaves and those vines have died back and those stems are really dry, then just go ahead and cut the fruit from the vine, leaving a couple inches of stem on the fruit. Don't break them off because you can damage the fruit. Now, if it's a pumpkin, try to leave about four to six inches of the stem, but be sure to carry it from the bottom, not from the stem. It's not intended to be a handle. You don't want to break that stem off because if the stem breaks off of either a winter squash or a pumpkin, you want to use that one first since it's going to rot faster with that area exposed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now if we're talking winter squashes or we're talking pie pumpkins, um, you can use them right away, of course, after you've picked them. But part of the idea is to hold them over through the winter to, to enjoy them, you know, all through the off season. But in order to do this, it's the best idea to cure them first. So you do this by removing excess moisture from the skin and sealing out any of the fungi or bacteria that could cause it to go bad during storage. So if you're in an area where your fall weather is dry, you can cure your squash right on the vine. Literally just let it sit out there until the entire plant is dead and the squash skin is a hard 
grind. But if you have wet weather in the fall or you've got a frost coming, you want to pull the fruit. Um, Leaving it sitting out there for too long is going to cause, well, if it's wet weather, leaving it sitting out there in the wet weather is going to cause it to rot a lot more quickly. And if you have a frost hit, well, then you're really going to be in trouble. So pull the fruit, put it in a warm, dry place with plenty of airflow for about 10 days to two weeks. Um, If you can keep it warm, like 80 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit or 27 to 29 Celsius, um, a relative humidity of about 80 to 85% is ideal, but do what you can with what you've got. Do not use water to clean the skin of the squash before you're curing it. Just knock off the dirt as best you can or take a dry rag or towel and wipe off whatever dirt you can and then just let it sit. If it has any blemishes or bruises or any soft spots, don't try to cure them. Just put those aside and use those right away. Um, curing them isn't going to isn't gonna do anything. They're actually going to rot while you're trying to cure them. So now the only exception to this is acorn squashes. Um, acorn squashes won't really cure properly. And actually, if you try to cure them, you're actually going to shorten the shelf life. They don't like being in that heat and that humidity because they just don't seem to have that same thick rind that the other normal winter squashes do. So they're generally only going to store for about three months or so tops. Um, The other winter squashes, however, once you cure those, they can absolutely store for six to eight months at least. Um, I'm infamous for this with our spaghetti squashes. Um, I am eating spaghetti squash all winter long. Um, I also hold the butternut squashes and the pie pumpkins too. I hold all of those. Um, You know, and I mean, I'll still be eating on them, you know, in the, I don't know, early spring or late spring when we start planting them again. I'm finishing up the last of my spaghetti squashes and that's a good nine months. Now, you can um, help extend the storage a little bit uh, before storing them by rinsing the skin with a really weak bleach water. Um, So do your curing and then rinse it with this bleach water, about a half a cup of bleach to five cups of water. That'll sanitize the skin. It'll eliminate any bacteria. Um, Completely let it air dry. And then go ahead and store them in a cool, dry place. You want around 40 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, 4 to 12 Celsius, with a relative humidity of 50 to 60%. So in the same place that you would normally store um, your dried goods um, or anything that you would normally put like in a root cellar, Um, that's, that's a good temperature. On a rack with proper airflow is best. Crates are fine as long as you don't stack too many of them together. Um, and you're kind of checking on them frequently to make sure that there's no mold or any soft spots. If you find any that do have a soft spot, then go ahead and pull them out. Use those first. Um, now, what about your decorative pumpkins and squashes? I actually do the same thing with these in order to make them last longer as decoration. I cure them the exact same way. And that way, I can decorate with them outside, and then I can use them in the kitchen. Now, the only exception to this, obviously, is the ones that we carve for jack-o'-lanterns. Now, those are only good for about five to ten days once you've carved them, so time that one appropriately. But even when you carve them, leave the stem on if you can, because even when they're dried out, there are still some nutrients in those stems that can extend the life of your pumpkin even after it's carved. Now, remember that I said the best temperatures for storing winter squash, which includes pumpkins, 
is between 40 and 55 Fahrenheit. Keep that in mind when you're using these for display outdoors. That temperature range um, is where you would like it to be when you're displaying them. So this means don't let it sit outside in the direct sunlight in the middle of the day, you know, in the, in the middle of September um, when you may still have 80 degree days. Keep it in the shade. It also means don't let them sit outside when your temperature begins to dip close to freezing. So in ideal conditions, this 40 to 55 Fahrenheit with a little bit of humidity, um, they can keep for two to three months outside if your season is that long and your weather holds out. Um, A little light frost might just cause maybe a little bit of discoloration on your pumpkins, but if the temperatures drop below freezing, it can damage the squashes or the pumpkins and cause them to rot more quickly. And if you get a hard freeze, This is going to cause irreversible damage to the fruit cell walls, and you're just going to end up with mush when it thaws out. So uh, be sure to keep an eye on the weather and bring your specimens in on nights that it's going to dip too low. Or you can, you know, if you have a nice pretty decoration um, sitting out there, you've got them all sort of piled up in a specific way and you don't want to move them, just cover them with a blanket or two. Or go back and refer to the frost cloth episode from from earlier in the week and, and pick your poison there. Um, Of course, you know, those melted pumpkins are a great way to get volunteers from your compost pile. Any guts that you pull from your pumpkins that you carve that you don't roast for roasted pumpkin seeds, um, those are yummy, Um, or any squash or pumpkins that melt on your porch after being frozen, those can just get tossed straight into the compost pile. Some of the best squashes that we've grown have come from our compost pile. I have several vines of carnival squash this year. Um, that are in one compost pile. And then several years ago, we had those tiny little decorative pumpkins. I think they're called, oh darn, oh, Jack B. Little, the little Jack B. Little pumpkins. Um, They sprouted up in our barnyard and it vined and it grew up a tree. And so I had these tiny little pumpkins hanging from a tree. It was really cool. So volunteer plants are, are always good in my book. So I hope that gives you a little insight into when to pick your winter squashes and your pumpkins so that you don't get a jump on them too early. You don't leave them out too late. Um, Also, uh, some good information about how to properly display them so that you can still bring them in and use them in your kitchen. So like I mentioned before, you have any questions about this episode or any other episode, you can feel free to email me. Um, there's a link in the show notes to go ahead and leave me a voice message. And you can also jump into our Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group and ask any questions that you have there. Or you can also reach out on me uh, out to me on Instagram. Um, just because I'm not posting out there doesn't mean I won't see a message if you send it to me. So, and that Instagram handle is at Just Grow Something Podcast. So, uh, join me back here on Tuesday when we talk about another fall favorite, and that is mums. We'll talk a little bit about the difference between garden mums, nursery mums, Belgian mums, um, how to grow them, how to keep them, and which ones maybe you can't grow. So, uh, until then, have a fabulous weekend in the garden, and I will talk to you again soon.
You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.